0: Pathfinders, to find the path podcast actual play of the mummy's mask adventure path
1: now with a few less hell wasps
2: now with a body that's ours maybe apparently
1: <laughs> unless we went back in time which also could be a thing
0: wait a second it's another time paradox why are there living people here are they living people who knows it's true it'd be really interesting if one of you had death sight or something
1: Dang it. <laughs> the dig. Oh. Me. That's me. Sooty's got It's on tomb my second sight.
2: page.
1: has got Tomb Sight. He can see, uh, he can detect undead and uh, Death Watch.
3: <laughs> wow. Yep. I never All use right. it because I
0: have to concentrate on it.
3: Well, now might be a good time to do that.
0: he's not very good at concentrating. <laughs> Uh, What
1: part of my portrayal of Sudi makes you think that he has at any point been good at concentrating?
3: Oh, my.
0: Yeah. So I suppose, well, I guess to jump back into things. When last we'd left our heroes, the doorkeepers had made their way into the Crypt of Air, the final of the four crypts, leading to their eventual confrontation with the Sky pharaoh Hockatep. Getting there. Getting there. One crypt at a time. After entering in and making their way through the the cloud-filled, poison-filled hallway, they battled against a quartet of chaos beasts, which had turned uh, Sudi into a a little jiggly man.
2: (laughs) It was
1: gross. I was briefly a jello jiggler. Yep. He was briefly a (laughs) cat without bones.
0: Uh, Why didn't I come up with some sort of ragdoll joke? Like the ragdoll cats that when you pick them up, they just go completely limp? In retrospect, (laughs) that would have been brilliant. That would have been funny.
1: I mean, let's be honest. There were about three dozen jokes we didn't get to. Took upon the sun, me.
4: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had then made your way into the uh, the central shaft, as it were, of the, uh, the pyramid that you believe uh, is basically a silo that almost runs through the very center of the pyramid. Covered in a perpetual or obscured, more accurately, in a perpetual storm, a swirling vortex of elemental energy.
1: Which is probably what's keeping, letting this place fly, is ye giant tornado effect thing.
0: It's possible. They it may be somehow linked to the uh, Aromantic infundibulum,
1: That thing that I can never pronounce correctly.
0: Yeah, I'm not really positive <laughs> I'm pronouncing it right either. I think I'm getting close, and that's all that matters. Upon uh, <laughs> finding this barrier barring your passage forward, you had uh, relied upon your erstwhile companion too. The extender had grabbed all of you up in his, uh, his arms and flown you across like a dad wading through the tides of people at Disney World carrying his oh children on his shoulders. At which point he had uh, delivered you to the opposite side uh, and you'd then fought some hell wasps. And after that had opened up the door, the door into a chamber that had been labeled with a cartouche naming it the Nethyshun of which I think uh, Hollis, I believe it was was able to determine that that was an uh, epithet given to a servant who somehow betrayed the trust of his master.
2: Yep.
1: And was it sp- be- just betray their master? Or was the betrayal that led to their
0: death? Uh, usually it is betrayal that leads to their death. Okay. All right. I was like, there's death yeah. in there somewhere. Okay. Death.
3: Definitely that leads to their death.
0: But yeah, we had left off with all of you stepping inside, as opposed to, uh, to reset the scene. The four of you had stepped into this rather large chamber A long chamber, at the very least, stretching for a distance from where you stand to the opposite side of maybe close to some 80 feet. The scent of incense, heavy in this chamber. Columns flanking a feather hieroglyph made of turquoise stones set into the room's floor. Three robed figures standing at the foot of a canopied bed, hung with white cloth. Another standing beside it, holding the canopy aloft. And a fifth. Hanging back, swinging a censer back and forth like metronome, from which this white smoke rises and, you believe, fills the chamber with this thick, heady incense. The man next to the bed, clad in robes of a priest, the robes wrapping around and forming the same leopard cloak that you had seen on Nahamra, noting him probably as a high priest. The man standing next to the bed, lets the canopy fall back into place and said that, we have failed. This is no longer our business. We've appealed to Isis, Osiris, and Sekmet, but none will bring life back to this shell. The Nethyshun is now in the hands of Anubis. The man had then turned to all of you and spoke directly to Sudi and the lead of the party. He is yours. Take his body so that it might be prepared for burial. We must honor all forms." The five figures, after saying this, all lower their heads. Each one of their heads obscured, either in a deep hood, or in the case of the three priests lined up along the foot of the bed, wearing helmets depicting the heads of their gods.
1: Um. Okay, that's freaking weird.
0: Um. Sudi's gonna
1: activate his tomb site and detect undead.
0: Sudi, so you narrow your eyes. You detect no undead from behind you, from behind all of you. Peeking his bird-like head around Hollis's hip since he's currently three feet tall. Oh.
3: <laughs>
0: to communicate mentally to everyone. None of this is real. Oh. Well, eh, the eh? people aren't people. They're, they're statues.
4: Oh.
2: The
0: bed's there, though. And there's something on it. I can't see it from here, but all the uh, movements—an illusion.
4: I guess slowly start to make our way forward.
1: Sudi will activate his Golembane Scarab. Are these like constructs? Yeah. Underneath here, because I could totally see them being like constructs underneath
0: the illusions. Uh, using your Golembane Scarab. I suppose Citra doing the same. Yep. No, you do not detect any golems within sixty feet of you. Huh. Okay. Uh.
1: All right. Alright, um, alright, this is probably one of the weirder things we've seen here, which is saying something. Um, I don't know,
4: I think those things in the other room were still the weirdest.
1: The Chaos Beasts? Yeah. I don't know, I think going back in time was also pretty weird.
2: There's a lot Anyways,
1: of Anyways, uh, Suni will, I guess, step forward and, um, examine the bed.
2: Yep, let's all
3: shuffle forward. What's
1: on the bed? And is it untead? And, right? I'm getting, like, serious, and is it a golem?
3: Uh, like exorcist vibes right now?
1: I know. Like, I, I thought this was a haunt at first. Like, this is maybe yeah. some kind of twisted haunt.
0: It's weird. You make your way forward, passing by the various figures, uh, statues, apparently, according to two as you make your way up. Although, again, all of you see them as individuals. You can hear them as they mutter prayers in ancient Osiriani. The prayers seem Odd. Although any of those of you who have a uh, knowledge religion can take 10 and get at least a 20.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not me. Can recognize that they're speaking the the chance they would be used to inter the dead. Huh. You pass by the nearest one, Sudi, as you make your way up towards the canopy. The rest of the party following along behind, stepping up alongside the figure, a woman dressed in flowing robes, bearing a helmet that completely obscures her face, and instead gives her a lion like visage of Sekhmet. A serpent that is entwined by a serpent. When a young hippopotamus coming on the pasture is entwined, Earth swallowed that which came out of you. Monster, lie down, glide away.
1: Oh, I don't like where this is going.
0: Two glances about. These aren't statues, they look to be petrified. Oh, great. But they're incomplete.
1: How do you incompletely petrify someone?
0: No, the petrification's complete. But it looks like someone has excised the the chest, some of the stomach on one. Ah. Right. The lungs, the liver, the intestines, the stomach. They've taken the parts of them that would go into their jars. Was that before or after the
1: petrification?
0: I think it's after.
3: How do you do that?
1: Wait, I thought you got, when you got petrified, I thought you got turned into a solid stone.
0: Yes, like, you it, it looks tell like they, they bored the a hole worked. through where their organs would be.
2: So they just guessed.
0: Well, I mean, if you know basic anatomy, you'd know where someone's liver is. The bed is real. Approaching the bed. Suda, you step up. You look down. You see on the bed a figure, a dreadfully emaciated man, paper thin skin stretched barely over An almost skull-like face. His eyes look clouded. Although with age or injury, you can't tell.
3: I no longer think exorcist. Now I think seven.
0: His body is Mm. covered with various sores. Particularly around his Mm -hmm. wrists and ankles, where you can tell that he has been tied and secured to the bed. Mm. I don't like it. Wisp of white hair cling to his peeling scalp. And he turns to you, his mouth opening, through which you can see numerous teeth seemingly recently extracted. What? Harkatam, please forgive me. I betrayed you, but I didn't mean. The prince. Mercy, I beg you.
3: Oh, did he kill his son? No,
0: his son son got killed in war. Citra, you may make me a perception roll. You can add your trap finding bonus on there if you want. shoot, shoot. And uh, move everyone up here. Ah, dang it. Should have known. Okay. Citra's good at this kind of thing.
3: Yeah, Citra starts with a 30. I rolled a 14, so I get a 44.
0: Nice. Nice. With a 44, Citra, your hand, your free hand, your gloved hand, shoots out with asp-like quickness to grab Sudi's hand before he can push aside the gossamer curtain.
3: The whole bed is trapped. Don't touch.
0: Sudhi so like, slowly brings
1: back his hand.
3: How do you disable a bed, Citra? <laughs> uh, I guess I... that's what I'm about to find out. There's oh. If it's a magic
4: trap, there's got to be a rune. I mean, Masika shrugs.
1: I mean, the question, I suppose, is where's the rune?
3: Well, give me a moment. Uh, Citra would like to... Examine
0: it. <laughs> she would like to disable this yes, magical device. Yes, I would like to disable it for sure. You can go ahead and uh, disable this if you so wish. All
3: right. I roll a twelve, which gets me a forty-six.
0: Forty-six. Dang. You look over this. Circle around the bed, find where various arcane runes have been etched into the four supports on this bed. Scratch them out. Scratch them out. Look this over ne- nervously determining that apparently a powerful necromancy effect covered this. Uh, One that would figuratively and literally bone shatter you. (laughs) If you were to touch this. This is actually where the bone shatter spell comes from.
1: Cool. Oh, okay.
0: You finish circling around, scratch the last one, and everything changes at once. All of the illusion disappears with the trap, and you find yourself surrounded by five Incomplete statues and a bed containing a poorly mummified figure.
3: I think it worked. I'll go ahead
1: and hit that detect undead again on uh, our emaciated friend here.
0: He does not appear to be undead. Is there any
2: like religious significance to petrifying people and taking their organs? Is it some sort of like mummification, but also petrified?
0: I mean, the mummification and also petrification, no. However, the the canopic jars are used to preserve these organs for their owner in the afterlife.
1: And petrification denies them the, the death that leads to
0: the afterlife. And they symbolically even removed the things that they would need in the afterlife for their next existence.
2: And these are priests, we think?
0: Uh, judging by the vision that you saw, you would guess that these are priests.
4: Is there any kind of marking on the mummy or anything that we can figure out who that was? Do you have
1: a name tag, by any means?
4: <laughs>
2: uh, you may
0: make a perception roll if you're looking over the uh, the body of the mummified figure.
2: Do you think if you talk to these stones, they would have the memories of the people they were before they were stones?
1: I don't think it works like that.
2: Hmm.
0: You are correct in that it does not. Yeah, Technically, the stone exist. didn't exist until the individual was petrified.
1: Yeah, so it would mm. be like, I was created
0: 6,000 years ago.
2: Hmm.
0: <sighs> Uh, while with. Masika's looking this over, what would the rest of you like to do?
2: I want to look at these statues for anything
3: important.
1: I believe I'm going to check for any secret passages or cubbies or anything that they've got secreted away around here. Citra.
3: So somebody's already looking at the mummy, right? Yeah.
0: Masika's. And I suppose Narmer, because Heather's probably going to ask that Narmer yep, rolls and looks. because
3: Narmer
4: gets <laughs> way better than me. Masika aids Narmer. Uh, I figure I'll look at uh, one
3: of the other statues then.
0: Uh, looking over the statues, anyone that wishes may make me an ultra religion. Uh, Suti, you can oh. go ahead and roll a perception roll, searching around the outside looking for uh, any secret passages. Secrets? Okay.
3: okay. Well, I I am useless in this because I don't actually have religion.
0: <laughs> Masika, you may also make a hill check. All
3: right, religion. I get an eight for a thirty-five.
1: Perceiving for secrets, I roll an eighteen, which gets me a forty-four.
4: Uh, Narmer rolls a 14, which gets him a 32 on his perception for the mummy. Um, and then Masika rolls a perfect 20 on her heal check. Nice. Uh, which gets me a
0: 38. So for starters, looking over these uh, these bodies, uh, Citra Hall is the two of you can determine that they are indeed missing their intestines, their stomach, their lungs, their liver. Um, each one is missing a different one. Ah. Huh but it's as if one of these pieces has been taken from each and every one of these individuals. The fifth individual is missing his head. Oh, wow.
1: I mean, you do need your brain in the afterlife. Mm.
0: You are are fully aware that uh, each one of these organs was believed to have been necessary for an individual to carry on in their afterlife and would have been removed from the body and placed in the jars to be stored and taken with them. Mm -hmm. Many of the organs inside of the chest cavity were, with the exception of the heart, which was actually left inside of the body during the mummification process.
2: Hmm. All right.
0: Sudi circling around the outside of the room. No. You don't see any signs of secret passages, anything like that. All right. Uh, Narmor hops down on the bed, looks over the body, shrugs. No, I got nothing. Mayn't leave any marks or anything else on this guy. Masika looking over the body. The petrification here is what one would usually refer to as a desert mummification. It looks like the body was simply taken. None of the proper rituals or rites were actually given to the individual. You don't think his organs were actually taken. He was just buried in the desert until the sun and the salt of the earth drained him of all of his fluids oh. and then returned.
2: Then they went and got him and brought him back to put in the pyramid. Like, yeah, yep.
0: the one thing that you can note looking this over, Masika, mm-hmm. whomever this was had nearly every single bone in his body broken to the oh. point that it really just seems to be a leathery sack full of broken bone fragments.
1: Oof, so he was tortured before he was killed.
3: The bone shaker, or the bone shatter thing was done Oh, on him. you think they
1: did that to him? Yeah. Oh.
3: Yeah, Ow. so uh, they shattered all of his
4: bones and then buried him out in the sand until he was mummified and then brought him back here and put him on a bed. Masika shrugs. To make a trap that would shatter all your bones. She leans down and looks under the bed. Can we speak with
2: that a mummy? Yeah. Is that a thing?
0: Uh, yes, we can. Uh, checking under the bed, there is nothing but a single lost sock. <laughs> what? Get no, it. There's nothing underneath that bed. <laughs> it's just a pile of hair ties from the cats they kept. Ha <laughs> The
3: the ubashki, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we can speak with dead with them, because um, I think the only requirement is they have to have uh, a tongue. Is that the requirement? Hang on, let me let them speak with dead again.
0: The body must be mostly intact.
3: Which so we it do is. It to the mummy, but not the petrified statue. No, that's... no,
0: no. We can't talk to those people. Oh,
3: okay. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh,
1: so it would take 10 minutes to cast. I can use the mask if we want to just use that. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, there's a lot of effort that was done to do this to these people. There must be a strong reason why.
3: Well, let's find out.
1: All right. uh, So Sudi will utilize the mask to cast a 17th level Speak With Dead. Very well. Uh, So that gives me... Eight. Yes.
2: So many questions.
1: Sudi, you focus. Everybody just feed me the questions. I
2: okay, feel like, who are <laughs> you? What'd you do to Hakatap? Who are these people in the room with you? You may not know.
0: After 10 minutes passed, the body shudders. And with a sound that you can only describe as the sound of paper, nearly but not quite ripping. Ugh the jaw opens. The desiccated holes where the eyes once were seem to turn in your direction. (laughs) There's an odd clattering sound that can only make you imagine the, the little fragments of bones rolling around inside of this thing as it turns to face you. Goodness.
1: What is your name? I have
0: no name. What? I am only... Net-the-shun.
1: Before you were called Netheshun, what was your name? That name is gone. Hmm. hmm. What did you do to become Netheshun?
0: Betrayal.
1: How did you betray Hakatep? Not Hakatep. Hmm. Who was the master who you betrayed? My lord,
0: Hak.
3: Yeah, the son. The
0: ibis prince.
2: Mm.
1: How did you betray Hakmothis?
0: I knew where they were. I told the story.
3: Ooh. So he got his son killed.
1: Mm. Seems that way. Why did you betray Hakmothis? Not my wish. Ah gold for troop <laughs> movements. He's saying he was a spy for the Shori.
4: It seems like they offered him gold to just tell them where the troops were and he did it and that caused the fight Unfortunately, Hakmothis was yeah. leading
1: those troops.
4: Oh yeah, he may not have known.
0: You have one question remaining.
1: Who were your other co-conspirators working for the Shori? I
2: I wonder if it's his family.
1: Hmm. Mm, it's possible Could've these been. were other people on the uh, Shori's payroll, feeding information.
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, it's possible they could be family members or something. But the the illusion or vision made it sound like they were, or made it seem like they were some kind of priest.
0: Yeah. yeah. The body shudders and simply seems to slump back fully onto the bed. Hmm. Hmm. A
1: lot of work to. Preserve these people who betrayed Hakatep?
2: Well, they like to put people who betrayed them in their pyramids. I don't know what that's all about.
0: All of the pharaohs of old would put their vanquished enemies in their pyramids.
3: Mm-hmm. I guess force them to work for them in the afterlife. I
0: think that was the idea behind it. Yeah. Well, and well, also they more or less served their bodies served as trophies of their victories in life. Mm, yeah. yeah. I
4: guess
2: there's nowhere to go but down, right?
4: Well, there's the two ways. There's the higher up one, but I still think we should check the lower platform first.
1: I think so, too.
4: Hakatep's definitely going to be as high as he can in this pyramid because, you know, he's Hakatep.
1: It makes sense. There's also not any uh, secret passages or anything like that that I could see. So I think this is it.
4: All right. All right, Narmer, back in the bag for the lightning tornado wind tunnel. (laughs) Lightning tornado.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) Oh, lightning tornado. That sounds pretty cool.
4: No, not for you.
0: If I was going to get together like a band of barge to make like a band, lightning tornado, that'd be the name. Anyway, in the back Uh, two, I suppose, uh, follows you all out back out, transforms into his, uh, his massive 15 foot tall form. Scoops you all up. Yeah,
2: it's awesome.
1: We all, we all hop on like the toddlers that we are and have Papa Two take us down.
0: (laughs) You exit out of this room, make your way back through the, uh, the room with the three statues. Previously full of wasps. Mm-hmm. Turn, make your way around the single pillar that separates the, uh, basically forms the two arches that lead out and onto the open platform. The wind whips past all of you as you enter into the central shaft again, the storm raging through here, the occasional flashes of lightning. You can still see some uh, 50 feet above you on the opposite side, the platform that you originally came into here from. And then and the occasional flickering flash, you can see down to the lower level, see down to the uh, platform, nearly some hundred feet below you and off towards the right. That was your initial destination before you had to pull up due to the uh, magical trap.
4: Hakatab is such a petty mother. Oh my God. What he's done to all these people and then this stupid, that trap and this fly chamber. Jesus Christ.
1: Again, going to pretty, like, elaborate lengths to, like, put this trophy up. He put this illusion up and, like, then he put some hell wasps He put an alarm spell on the door. Like, it's just a lot.
4: I don't know if I could be that... I tried, like for real. I don't know if so I. you have don't it have me.
1: limitless wealth. This is what happens to you. <laughs> not limitless something power I would wealth.
4: not even get to see, right? Because in, re- in
2: you know, he's not supposed to be back to life.
3: Well, I this think is all the idea that is supposed to
2: be here forever.
3: Well, yeah, but uh, the osirianian and Egyptian belief is whatever you had in life is what you have in the afterlife. So technically, he would have had all of this in the afterlife. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah.
1: It's so in the next thing. world, he
3: was not planning on having dinner parties.
1: <laughs> I just don't know why he'd bother to have all those hell wasps over in his afterlife. Mm.
0: Two scoops all of you up, takes to the wing. You plunge down into the shadow, into the, the storm as it whips past you, the electricity streaming off the surrounding walls. Again, it never seemed to quite touch the walls. Just arc around as if the electricity is somehow landing from point to point within the storm. As you soar down you see that there is a protruding platform a landing as if you will with a single statue upon it and two doorways no wider than about four feet making their way back into the uh, the exterior portions of the pyramid as opposed to the central shaft as you soar up to this as you settle down to flying in more or less just dropping all of you on this ledge hovering up a couple of feet before shrinking down and dropping down because there's not nearly enough room on this ledge for a creature of his uh, 15-foot scale. A tall basalt statue of an ibis-headed humanoid holding a long scepter in one hand and a cluster of scrolls in the others dominates this balcony, staring eternally out into the storm. Strangely, even though it is a bird-like head, there is a certain depiction of wisdom and maybe curiosity.
3: Well, it's tough. In the
0: curvature of the eyes.
3: Well, and they did call Haukmothus the Ibis Prince. Could be oh, this weapon. is probably where the sun's buried then. Uh,
0: anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge religion. Uh, I will give Masika a plus five.
3: I take ten for a
0: thirty-seven.
3: I've gone this whole adventure path without learning anything about religion.
2: You're just like I don't know. It's got a bird.
3: I, I got roll Osiris, a, I'm
2: fine. I, I
1: roll a 19 for
4: a 24. Citra likes her, God's green.
3: <laughs> it's colorful. Mm-hmm.
4: Masika rolls a 16, and with the bonus, I get a 39.
0: So, Sudi, yes, this is a ancient Osiriani depiction of the uh, god Toth. The god of magic, the moon, and wisdom. Nice. Hollis Masika, you can tell that this is likely a depiction of Toth. However, Toth is routinely shown holding a staff in one hand and an ankh in the other, not scrolls. Mm. As such, you believe that this is maybe a depiction of a servitor of Toth, or even idealized servant of Toth in the next life.
2: Oh, no. Is it alive?
0: God, wouldn't that be funny? I mean, not that you're aware.
2: I poke the people with golem bane scarabs.
1: Uh, Is it a golem? Says my golem bane scarab. No. It's not that golem.
3: I detect over
0: the wind. Detecting magic? No, there's no magic on this.
3: Hmm. It's probably not it's trapped, as you would have told me.
0: Uh, No, you don't see any traps. You don't see any writing on this. All right. All right, I guess we'll uh, head inside the
1: door that we're in front of then. Because the statue's kind of blocking the other side of the landing.
4: It's just a sec, like his symmetry. It might just empty out into the it, same room. Yeah, that's kind of what probably. I'm thinking too. I bet this is where the sun's buried. Why would the sun be lower than the guy that betrayed him? Mm. You turn. The sun
2: was You make your way
0: better. down the passage. The walls here are covered with more hieroglyphic writings. Prayers to various deities, although primarily to Toth. A single re- reoccurring prayer is seen along the walls here. Reading, Judge arise. Toth be high. Sleepers awake. The inhabitants of Osirian rise before the Ibis Prince, who comes out of the desert. Hachmothis, who comes out of the brush. Hmm. Making your way down the passage, you step out into a large chamber. From right to left, to your, from your right to your left, this chamber must stretch perhaps 50 feet away to your right and maybe close to 100 feet away to your left. From one side to the other, it's at least 35 feet across. Hieroglyphic covered pillars support the vaulted ceiling of this long hall. Paintings of ibises grace both the floor and the surrounding walls, carved and painted beautifully, and gilt with gold hieroglyphs surrounding them. Off towards the far side, you can see a large alcove. Sitting in that alcove is what appears to be a beautiful sarcophagus flanked by basalt statues depicting two imposing seated figures, a man and woman.
4: I don't know if you really need to poke around in here. Hakmothis was like the one good person in this tomb.
0: It's
1: possible, though, there could be the entrance to Hakotep's area. Although, like you said, I think the highest point is the most makes the most sense.
3: It might be worth it to at least see if we can learn any information. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, maybe there's some information here we could use to uh, surprise Hakatep with our knowledge. That's what. Maybe I'm make him misstep.
3: We're not touching the sarcophagus.
1: Well, no, there should be no
3: need to. I don't plan on. Op- I don't plan on opening any sarcophagi. <laughs> I yeah. just want to like maybe read stuff. <laughs> yeah, we want to read the stuff. We want to make sure that homie
2: upstairs hasn't disturbed the sarcophagus.
1: Yeah, but it's also good if there is any undead or anything like dangerous in here to defuse it.
3: So we approach. Circle.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, let's hit the Golem Bane Scarabs on uh, Mom and Dad here, although I don't know if that's even them.
3: I don't know. I think it
4: kind of makes sense. Masika will stay near the entrance to the hallway. She doesn't feel right walking around in here.
0: Two will find a, a central location. Uh, enlarged to his full size because he can in this chamber.
2: Oh, and hold begin. on. Two, do you see anything that we don't see?
0: Nothing I'm aware of.
2: Okay, well, fair. I have to figure out a better way to ask that question.
0: Two begins to with the same scrutiny, the same piercing gaze that he's been using elsewhere. Inspect the hieroglyphs over the surrounding walls for anything that should not be.
2: Yeah, I do want to read. I'm probably going to read while you look for traps or whatever over there.
0: Alice, you can start searching around, reading over the surrounding walls. Sudi and Citra begin to approach the uh, the sarcophagus.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and hit the uh, golem bane scarab on the two statues. Just get that out of the way.
3: Yeah, and if there's if there's nothing worth looking at on the sarcophagus, like, I don't want to go over there unless I have to.
0: Okay. Like, so a couple things all at once. Hollis, looking over the surrounding walls, the walls appear to tell, from what you can tell even glancing them over, various stories. Hmm. These are not as many prayers as they are accolades of the individual buried here. From this, you can determine that this was a boy of 18 when he died. That being said, the Hieroglyphs on the pillars here tell the story of the only offspring of Hakatep and his beloved wife Neferuset, Hokmothus the Ibis Prince. A studious boy of incredible intellect. Even here you can see that in his short time he was known for impressive intellectual achievements writing several treaties on Osirian history and religion before he reached the age of 14 as well as a deep interest in history and documenting his father's war against the Shori.
2: Oh, man. Did he Blessed write that Toph. somewhere?
0: There is a great deal of information seemingly scattered over these pillars covering his, the interests that he had, although not the details. So there is an essence. They talk of his treaties on the nature of the gods, but they do not have his treaties on the nature of the gods here. Hmm. That's unfortunate.
1: Well, a lot of that would probably have been written on papyrus that would not have lasted 6,000 years.
0: Uh, It may take you some time, but you think that there's probably an actual explanation of his death here somewhere.
2: Oh, great. If we find his history of his dad's war, that would be very useful. Because nobody knows about
0: that. Uh, Neither of these statues are golems. Sweet. The one on the left you can immediately determine is a depiction of Hakatep, as you have seen. Enough of them. Mm-hmm. The one yeah, on the, the right appears said. to be, well, you're going to guess you haven't actually ever seen an artistic depiction of Neferu said.
3: Well, yeah. he's seen her in the visions,
0: though. You can tell that that's the artistic depiction of Hakatep because it's done in the traditional Osiriani style where everyone in artistic depiction is given the perfect proportions of a god as far as oh, their artistic yeah, yeah. style. Uh, you can just go, that's Hakatep's nose. So I can tell that that one's (laughs) Hockitab. And the one on the other side, I mean, other than the fact that her eyes look to be a little bit larger than normal, what you're going to guess is those... uh, Yes, she has the Helen Barnum Carter eyes. The big old crazy eyes. (laughs) Fair. Citrus Sudi, I imagine you pull up somewhat short as you approach the sarcophagus. The sarcophagus itself, again, is a beautiful piece of artwork. The gold on it alone must be worth thousands the entirety of it is expertly crafted, although you can't get a particularly good look as you've not reached it quite yet. Probably pulling up short as you look around the alcove surrounding it. The bones of dozens of people, the unmummified remains of at least two dozen humans, lie scattered around the outside of the sarcophagus.
1: If I had to guess, I'm imagining set probably did all of that.
3: But probably the people who betrayed him
1: or they thought betrayed him
3: difficult to say
4: um, it's probably the bodies of the people that were in his unit that failed to protect him so now they're just scattered around possible, I mean,
1: that's possible.
3: either way I don't feel the need to get any closer there's no bookcases back there right? not
1: that, well, that no. I can
3: tell All right.
1: but there's a lot of care put in the sarcophagus
3: I'm oh, not yeah. opening it.
1: No, I'm not saying to open it. I'm just saying I think he genuinely loved his son. Good. You can see by the amount of work that's been put into this place. the You said this is all
2: accolades. And kind of the story of his life. I'm looking for
3: how he died. Nobody even remembers this kid existed. That's kind of sad. He was the one nice guy. I was going to say, if we're not going to go any closer to the sarcophagus, can we help Hollis look for how he died?
0: Yeah, looking over the pillars, no problem. You eventually reach the story of this young man's death. That to impress his father, he decided to learn of the war against the Shori from the front. His father, knowing his son's lack of martial skill, sent with them his greatest general and many of his greatest warriors. Mm -hmm. As they went out, they were attacked by the Shori. In numbers, outnumbering them five to one. Mm. Some of the implication here seems to be that the Shori were as interested in killing the general accompanying him as the prince himself. It seems that the Osiriani were doing quite well in set battle until the Shori, in their traditional fashion, brought in a charmed monster to aid them in the fight. A dreadful and judging by the depiction on here, massive manticore. Oh. that they name here as Ochipenthus
1: Oh, it was bad enough to have a name.
0: Yikes.
2: Oh, God. What do you want to bet this thing's in here somewhere?
0: A single depiction shows the Ibis Prince, as he had been depicted perfectly all the way up until this point, with two what almost look to be javelin-like quills piercing his chest and the mouth, the lionine mouth of the creature covering his head. Oh. Oh. Sudi. Oh. As you look over this, as you turn back, the lighting in the room shifts. Ah no. Shoot. And in the place of the chamber that you were standing previously, you find yourself in a large throne room. A wide door leads into the chamber beyond which you can see the night sky. Curtains billow off towards your left and right from the breeze coming in through the stone windows flanked on each of these by pillars, and larger pillars support the ceiling overhead in rows reminiscent to the chamber that you were just in, with braziers burning between each of these. Six figures, six somewhat familiar figures, being the guardians of Hakatep, stand some distance away, almost in the way or the manner that you would expect from a dog that had been recently kicked. A set of steps leads up to twin thrones, which both stand vacant. At the foot of the stairs, however, kneels a figure, the man Hakatep. And in a perverse parody of the last vision that you had seen him leaning over his crib, you see him now leaning over the body of his son, resting in his lap. The man breathes deeply, distantly as if mimicking his mood. You hear the rolling sound of thunder. The silence is broken by what you can only describe as a primal scream as the man pulls off his headdress and crown and hurls it across the room, clutching the bloodied and mangled body of his son. As he does this, you see him slump, and for the first time, he seems weak. Even from beneath the edge of the silken tunic he wears, you can see veins of black crawling up his chest from what you can only assume to be the wound on his side. The man looks at least 20 years older than when you last saw him. A man now in his 40s, 50s. The much older figure of Nahamra enters the chamber. The six guards watch on nervously. With an expression that you can only describe as being relieved that they are not the ones approaching Hakatep. Judging by the dust and ash you see gently floating (laughs) around the room, you are not certain exactly what happened to the previous messengers. Yeah. (laughs) Following along behind Nahamra is a woman wearing resplendent gold armor and a half cape of red. The woman's helmet is tucked under her arm. Despite her military appearance, however, she carries no weapons. After a long moment, you recognize her. Years, decades, at least two have passed. But you recognize the chiseled features and the piercing gaze of the same common soldier who had decades before saved the pharaoh's life in the opening battle against the Shori. The woman, Tarawet, You believe. Mm -hmm. Stands behind Nahamra. The high priest steps forward, lowers his head, but before he can speak, Hakatep answers. They are dead. Yes, my pharaoh. I've seen that all the soldiers who felled the prince have been executed. The man nods, but doesn't look up from where he seems to be stroking the top of what remains of his child's head. They will not receive a proper burial. They don't deserve a proper burial. Tarawet. The woman steps forward, drops to both of her knees. My Pharaoh, I do not ask for your forgiveness, and I know that there is no mercy in your heart for this. I ask only a chance at redemption. Harkatep looks up for the first time. Redemption. I trusted you. You are the greatest of my warriors, and I gave you one task, one, to bring my son home. The woman lowers her forehead to the ground. I have failed you in this life, my god-king. I ask only that I may serve you in the next. The pharaoh looks at her for a long moment. Nahamra, see that she is executed. Yes, my god-king. And given all the rights, you served me loyally. And in the end, you failed me, but I will give you a chance to redeem yourself. The woman genuinely smiles. You have given me life, my God King, a life that I could have never expected. I failed to slay your enemies in this life, but I will slay all who oppose you in the next. Hockatep nods. The two figures turn. And for a long moment, you're left alone with him as he looks down at the body. I've lost them all. He says this to no one, but for an odd moment, you almost feel as if he's speaking to you. Or more accurately, to you as you are the mask that is his. My brother, Jisasek, Huckmothis. For nothing. He lowers his head and sobs. And the vision fades. After a few moments of blinking, the sight of Citra of Hollis, who are both kind of flanking you, Masika, I imagine having stepped a little closer to keeping a protective eye out as you're lost in this vision.
2: Yeah, we're not letting Citi wander around. (sighs)
1: So yes, those are most likely the soldiers that weren't with him. It seems that Tawaret was uh, executed as well and buried probably alongside him, so she's probably somewhere here.
4: I think she's on the list. Yeah, she's definitely on the list.
1: Yes, uh, Tar- General Tarouette. Yep, she's right here. He seems in this vision remorseful. He said that this was all for nothing. All the people that he lost starting to wonder if he maybe realized that he'd gone too far at the end.
3: It's possible. Hmm. And likely.
1: The loss of a child is a devastating thing.
0: Too nods. It is so often the case with evil. They realize just too late what all they're sacrificing. And by that point, for many of them, they've committed too far to the path to change. Mm. Perhaps even if he'd wanted redemption, he was too far gone. Mm. Some argue that there is no such thing as too far gone, but...
4: Mm. Well, with two thirds of him reunited, he's still trying to do the same crap, so...
1: Because he lacks his memories.
3: He can't empathize with the situation.
1: Well, and again, like the the memories that I'm seeing are the ones he doesn't have. So he doesn't have some of these memories. And that's what's, you know, potentially this one, which is a very shocking memory. You know, the kind that changes personalities he doesn't have.
3: Could be something we use against him. Mm. Well, he's not going to believe us unless we
4: give him the mask and then he's wholly reunited and we're screwed.
1: Yeah, then bad things happen, so we're not going to do that.
4: There's not going to be a way to talk down Hakatep. I'm not saying talk him down. I'm saying sometimes you can throw him off their game. He doesn't have his emotions. He's not going to care.
1: It could at least confuse him as to why he doesn't remember.
3: Well, he probably logically knows why he doesn't, but I don't...
1: Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't remember. He's not the one who
0: actually split his soul.
4: True. Oh, yeah. But he knows he needs all three pieces. That's why he's had everyone searching for it.
0: Yeah. Well, again, you are aware that the Hakatep you are facing here is technically the Forgotten Pharaoh that you faced before, just more complete. So yeah. he possesses all of the knowledge that he gained when he was controlling Sarathet, including everything he knows about all of you.
3: Mm-hmm. True. But not the stuff that's happened since. Wow.
0: That's true. Not the stuff that's happened yeah. since. And, you know, maybe he knows of the death of his son, but no longer feels the emotion that he did when he died.
3: Yeah. Well, I suppose let's work our way back up. Yep. Again, I don't see any reason to, to bug him. Citra might even whisper off a little prayer to Osiris before she walks, wanders off.
2: I can't believe his dad didn't save his books down here with him. No. Just... Maybe there's a separate library. Oh, Maybe.
0: I would want my books to be read. Just saying. Well,
2: that didn't happen either. You make a copy.
1: It's possible that they were in some kind of library and got redacted along with everything else.
0: We should totally go back to... Tafu. Uh, Tafu, like, yeah. I Well, I mean, I've only ever been like compassionate. I wasn't there with you guys, but
3: oh, you guys told man. me all
0: about those cool libraries and everything else. Maybe like maybe we can look in the uh, the card catalog and see if there's like a Huckmosis in there.
2: All right, let me add that to my to-do list when we That'd finish cool. with
0: this. I'm not really familiar with the whole Dewey Decimal System.
2: That's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. I mean, we may have to wait for the Hatiya to die because she's real mad at us. But, you know, she's human. She'll die in a she couple decades. She doesn't know
4: who I am. That's true. We That's could been... do
2: whatever we want.
4: I, I wouldn't go that far.
2: Do whatever we want.
4: We're God level power now.
1: <laughs> Goodness. I mean, enough, you know, guards could fellas just by rolling nat 20s. <laughs>
2: But I've been to all the places now, we could potentially teleport.
1: <laughs> I mean, true, true
0: yeah. Uh,
2: anyway.
1: But it wasn't the whole thing. There are no secrets in Tefu. Remember that?
0: There are no secrets in Tefu. Yeah. You make your way back out. Two again assumes his uh, his large form. I suppose you're uh, wanting him to fly you up to the top? Yep.
2: Slowly, just in case there's traps up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Citra's on his shoulder, just checking to see if there's any traps.
0: You... Let Two scoop all of you up, he takes to the wing. You ascend, making your way all the way up to the uh, the uppermost platform. Ascending a distance of almost some maybe 250 feet or so from the platform that you are on. Until you're getting closer and closer to the pinnacle, the apex of the pyramid. Here you see a large platform. This platform is made of polished limestone. Above this you can see the roiling storm clouds. Some maybe 20 feet or so overhead as they seem to be hitting something and then curling back as if the cloud is buffeting against the very top of the shaft. As you think that there's maybe only another 20 feet or left or so, something that as two sets down on the platform, he can easily reach up a hand over his 15 foot height and touch the ceiling overhead. Nice. These clouds are dark and even more forbidding this high up and still occasionally flash with a light and let loose ominous peels of thunder, which roll and reverberate in your chest. A huge dark block of stone fills an archway opposite of where you've landed. The block is covered in carved hieroglyphs with what appears to be a sizable protuberance or carved design in the front of it. What do they say? Landing, stepping closer. Firstly, all of you can tell that this portion of the stone that protrudes forward is shaped like a face, mm. although its features are somewhat vague. Hollis, Masika, you don't recognize this. Citra and Sudi, you too, as you've seen something very similar to this once before. In the secret chamber, under the sanctum of the erudite eye the statue upon which the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh was once placed. The hieroglyphs surrounding this read, The Ibis Prince makes clear the true path.
4: Oh, dang it. I can't open his sarcophagus. It's against the laws of my people.
1: Hmm, I'd rather not. There has to be another way to do this. Well, and two, you, you have the ability to see through illusions. If it's any kind of illusory effect, you can see which the right path is.
0: Uh, yeah. Although this appears to be solid stone. Are you asking me if I could, uh, find my way to a specific object? I could do that also.
1: And we don't know what object we're really looking for, though. We're,
2: we're looking, just for, looking a for a looking for a
0: path. Well, just it's let me know. I could find mask. the path if you need me to. Hmm.
4: Roll credits. It's over, guys.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Hollis gotcha. is going to detect magic and see if there's any other way through this door.
0: Uh, you can tell that the door is magical. Uh, making a spellcraft check, if so wish.
2: Uh, taking 10 for a 37.
0: Uh, you can mm-hmm. tell that an object, a specific object placed on this stone would allow the stone to move. Barring that, you don't see another means by which to get through it without just using brute force.
2: What kind of stone is it? <laughs> S-
0: S- S- Sudi's
1: going to pull off the mask and... Uh,
3: if we put the wrong mask on, is it going to... Our oh, face. good point. Yeah. yeah, don't put the wrong Probably. mask on.
1: Blow, blow us off into the tornado.
3: Hollis just puts her hand on your face. So you don't take the mask
1: off. What? I thought this was worth a try.
3: Uh, yes, but if it gets stuck on there, how are we. might not be able to get it back off.
1: I think the mask is the part that teleports back to me if it leaves me for too long, so it can't really get well, stuck. I'm more
2: concerned about it being like, this ain't the Ibis Prince. Die, fools.
1: I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. Um. I mean, if it's a specific item, it has to have some kind of magical trigger or something, right? A I mean key. it's
2: essentially the the magic thing that's specifically attuned to this face. It's would a key. open it.
3: A magic key, but it's a key. I mean, there is a chance that what we need is not actually in his sarcophagus, so we maybe two could find it. It's definitely his funeral mask.
4: All right.
1: But why would they have required you to desecrate the sarcophagus in order to get in here?
4: Because nobody in ancient Osiriani would be willing to do that. I could turn the
3: wall into flesh i'm actually not against that plan at this point if it means that we
1: is it bad that i think that's the better plan yeah
3: if we don't have to go into the sarcophagus
2: it sounds like a good idea i can turn this wall into flesh i think we're turning the wall into flesh oh hollis is so excited she pulls out a scroll
4: do you have anything else besides turning a wall into flesh that could get (laughs) us through it like anything at this point i I, anything
1: Can he find the path on the object that's needed for this and just confirm whether it's required for us to desecrate Huckmoth's tomb? Because, yeah.
0: I have what might be a useful um, solution. All right. You could turn the wall into flesh. Yeah. We could then horrifically cut through the wall.
3: Yeah, that's what she wants to do.
0: I could then modify all of your memory so you never remember doing it. Yes,
3: yes.
4: Masika points. I'm that Yes. I'm if just we, saying,
0: it's that's also an option.
4: Okay, well, I want to keep my memory, but I'm happy to do the, the flesh if, if we do the wall thing, I don't want to remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all just appear on the other side. This thing's turned back into stone with horrible cuts all through it, and we're just like, what the heck happened?
0: Now, I will say, it is not healthy to do this a great deal.
4: No, no, just this one time.
0: I can repress this memory if you so wish me to.
3: Please.
1: Okay. I don't want you to repress this memory. I don't want you messing with my head. Agreed.
3: Can you can you do find the path first just as it fails? Like just just. Yeah, maybe it's like underneath. Like in a special cubby.
1: (laughs) It's one of those like the key is in the rock next to the Yeah, or underneath all the
2: skeletons we didn't miss. I do feel (laughs) like
0: it would be a missed opportunity if during the entirety of your journey you never in fact found the path
1: did rick contrive this specifically so we'd have to use the find the path spell Ah, uh, find the path
0: <laughs> so many plugs ah <laughs> uh, gosh uh unfortunately all jokes aside um, find the path is not locate object um <laughs> we built that up way well, too much for now directions
2: at the end That's part no, of the I ain't
0: up <laughs> Unfortunately, again, divination fails me. You cannot specify a unique item unless you have observed that particular item firsthand.
1: (laughs) Oops. All right. Well, so we can't locate object either.
0: Yep. (sighs) Nope. Nope. Unfortunately, no. Could locate a creature.
4: Mystica plops down and pulls out some paper.
1: Oh, are we going to do this, uh, the writing thing before we try to uh, flash the wall?
4: Well, if we're just going to double check and make sure it's the, you know, face mask... Hollis is holding the scroll. Ready.
0: Very unfortunately, Find the Path will not actually avail you in this situation.
1: Ah, divination, you fickle... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's almost like they don't want a win button. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's almost like divination, if it worked, would be the most powerful school of magic.
0: It's I still mean, pretty I mean, it great. arguably already is. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, that's true. In the right situations, divination can basically make the game easy mode. Looking at you, prying eyes.
4: All right, so Masika uses her automatic writing, which gives her a ninety percent success rate, um, to ask if we would have to take Hachmoothus's funerary mask to open this doorway.
1: You might not want to make it that specific. You might want. I to ask. can
4: ask it a, if in a very specific goal. Well, I think it should be, do we have to take it out of the sarcophagus?
1: Yes. Do we have to use something in the sarcophagus?
4: Yeah, because I can ask a question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity that is likely to occur within one week. You know, when this will occur within the next 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) If even that. All right. (laughs) Depending. Ooh, 90 even. That's a success. That is the, the maximum I could roll for a success. Yep. All right. What is your specific question?
4: If we need an item from the sarcophagus of Hawk Mothis, the Ibis Prince, to continue our way through Hawkatep's Pyramid.
0: You sit down. Focus. Scribble, scribble. Scribble, scribble. After a long moment, you open your eye and look down to see the word no.
3: Oh. Oh, good. Okay, but what do we need to do then?
2: Maybe it was just on top of this sarcophagus the scar or,
3: or
0: it
4: knows we've already talked about Fleshing the wall Oh yeah we don't have to
1: do it We don't technically have to
0: That's true right. to this is up there in the heavens going I'm waiting for that wall to get fleshed
1: I mean we've teased fleshing something For what 20 episodes <laughs> Alright
4: I'm gonna stand over here Woohoo So I can't see the fleshy wall All right. And Narva and I are gonna juggle <laughs> Okay don't drop it It'll fall real far <laughs>
1: All right. Sudi looks over at Hollis. Hollis. <sighs> flesh the wall and pulls out two daggers.
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, Hollis, I don't know disgusting. if I can flesh the whole stone. Because oh, I can it's only definitely do, going to be
1: disgusting.
2: I can only do one to three feet in diameter. So I, it's going to be three feet in diameter and up to ten feet long of the wall.
1: Oh, okay, so you're not doing the entire section, you're doing like a piece that we can right, cut. Right, because it has
2: to fit in that cylinder. Or it has to be that cylinder of a larger massive stone.
0: Okay. So basically you could cut your way through a three foot diameter section of the wall because you don't know how deep it is. So you're basically gonna put that on its side to make a tunnel.
1: And then of yeah, flesh. punch a
0: tunnel through yep. it. Okay.
4: Narmer, tell me a joke. We'll have to do a little bit of you know, ducking, but
0: Two cannibals find a dead body no. out in the
2: desert.
0: <laughs> Two cannibals find a dead jester out in the desert. One cannibal looks at the other and says, does this jester taste funny to you?
2: Nice.
4: Oh, my God. No, right, <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> that is
2: actually pretty
4: good.
0: Have you been holding that on to that funny. one? <laughs> yes.
4: Hollis flushes the door. Masika asks Narmer to tell her, tell her a story, and he launches into Silence of the Lambs.
0: Yep. Hello, Clarish.
4: <laughs> it turns
2: into inert flesh.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's, literally, it's literally just f- fat, basically. <laughs> it's wiggly, gross, fat.
1: That doesn't make it better. Because
4: if you actually Google the definition of flesh... It's not your skin. It's not sinew and tendons or muscle. It's literally the fatty crap in between all of that stuff. Yep, should be easy to cut. I mean, so you're if not that makes wrong. it that just makes it even grosser. But that's that. Yeah, that's what it is. I love we it. We are I'm going very to be excited. so
1: greasy when this is all done. And by we, I mean me, because for some reason, Sudie volunteered to do this.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you're acting like Citra is not helping. Oh, yeah. The soft
2: substance consistent of muscle and fat that is found between the skin and bones of an animal. Mm -hmm. It includes muscle. Is that better or worse? You're like cutting through a steak.
0: All right. So... You chant in tone. I'm gonna move Masika to where she's reading over off the, here off the side.
1: <laughs> Yeah, she, she she is like uh, contemplating flying into the storm for five minutes. <laughs> while I we, did we put do some rings and
4: fly when we level up. It's one of those. I might make it. I have like, two of
2: these anyway. Um.
0: Oh gosh, don't don't have two of so them. So I make I'll a flush flush you, Oh, gosh. Chant, in tone, extend a hand, create a three-foot diameter circle. As uh, Sudhi Citra, you look into this, you just see this area where it's obvious that the door has it's gone wiggly. from stone to the soft, pliable flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to begin digging?
3: It's like we um, are performing surgery. Yes, you know those do dummies yeah. in the MythBusters that are like fleshy to mimic real flesh. I'm sure it's yeah. like gel dummies. Yeah, I think that's, uh, so it's like the silicone gel, yeah. yeah.
1: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Star Wars Episode One when Qui-Gon Jinn throws his whole this lightsaber, lightsaber in and then just the starts does doing a whole <laughs> that's, circle That's around. what I feel
3: like we're doing, yeah. yeah.
1: We're cutting around the I edges my, and then just yanking it out.
3: My fiery kukri- and that's oh that's what I'm doing. god, I'm just, you're
1: barbecuing it I'm
4: barbecuing god. it, yeah Missika mm, has, has her out. fingers in her ears and is humming a tune and not looking
2: I have a scimitar if it'll make it faster for anyone
1: Sudhi will take the scimitar Okay <laughs> Does, Then he doesn't have to maybe cut, touch it as much as he scoops it all out oh.
2: Does Slightly more damage
0: You begin to cut and dig and slice and gouge and scoop
3: <laughs> Scoop.
0: As you slice your way into this wall, I've been curious to see if this was going to happen. You get about halfway through oh, no. cutting through this this viscera, this meat and gel, gelatinous fat and <laughs> tendons somehow interconnecting it all to cling uh, it to the outside. I don't
1: like it. Grossness. Content warning for body horror part two. Body horror yeah. part two.
0: The re-body whoring. <laughs> Citra, as you cut down, slicing into this, mm-hmm. you see something glow. Oh no. And as you cut into it, a large slab of fat falls away, sloths down, sliding slickly out of the hole and onto the floor. All <laughs>
1: with her mage hand is just shoveling all oh, fat yeah, over the Oh yeah, I'm using edge. mage
0: hand to <laughs> revealings Behind it in this what I can only describe as nightmare-carved orifice (laughs) of bloody flesh through this stone.
1: Is this working for you, Jess? You wanted this. A single
0: pulsing (laughs) symbol. I'm not delighted by that. Masika, being the only one who purposefully is averting her gaze from this, will not need to roll. However, everyone else is within range of said symbol. There's a symbol in
2: the flesh?
0: Oh, Oh, hold on. I'm going to read this to you. Oh, I'm so excited. Unless otherwise noted, any attempt to use transmutation magic (laughs) on the blocks triggers a symbol of insanity.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) That's amazing. I will need a will
0: save from the party sans physique. We didn't want to get um, the
2: mask. This is the price we
0: pay.
1: Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is uh, is this a (sighs) enchantment effect, fear effect, death effect, mind affecting.
0: It is mind affecting.
1: Hey, I'll take that plus so two. So mind affecting
0: compulsion, technically.
1: Oh, we don't get the plus two from the uh, the senate board, though. No, okay, we here we sure go.
2: Don't. Mm. I rolled badly. I'm probably gonna oh. be insane.
1: Hey! Mm.
2: So I will just cackle over here, and you won't know if it's insanity or not.
4: <laughs> we will when you start trying to run off the ledge or attack two or something. It's I was
2: insanity is
0: <laughs> really bad right now. That's true. All right, so let's go ahead and get those uh, those will saves from the party.
2: Hollis rolls a 7 for a 21. Oh,
1: Hollis.
0: 21. Okay. All, All right. right.
1: Sudi so rolls a 17 for a 34 plus
0: 236. 36.
3: Okay. Citra. Citra rolled a 16 for a 27. Nice. That's not bad.
0: Okay. Two. Two rolls a is... 7.
3: <gasps> Me oh, too.
0: No. For a 23.
2: Okay. Maybe he's okay. Oh,
0: boy. I do need to roll to overcome spell resistance. So give me okay, one second fail here. That.
2: Go ahead and fail that. Go
0: ahead and fail that. Oh, oh, no.
2: I'm real oh, scared oh about man. Sue being insane.
0: Oh, nuts. Yeah, because he could murder us. Sudi, you see this. Register what you're dealing with here. Somehow. As you, uh, you see this pulsing thing. As it begins to glow, glow and pulse. Hollis, Hollis, everything becomes... Hazy, as Uh-oh. you see this,
1: Uh-oh. Citra,
0: you stare this full on, having failed the safety C by one.
1: Jeez. Oh, no! crazy. twist the knife!
0: And uh, right. considering the the circumstances on all of this, as you stare into this horrible hole, Suda, you look back to see, for a moment, a vacant expression on Two's face, oh, hey. on Hollis's face. On Citrus' face before the proverbial and possibly literal insanity begins. In the background, Masika playing toss back and forth with Narmer. Masika? And we'll pick it up here next time.
2: Uh, Masika.
0: Oh, da, da, ba, da, ah!
2: You know what? When we find Hakatep, we're going to tell him, you know what? We didn't disturb your son's dead body.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for the insanity. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property
0: of Paizo and are used with permission. Before we go, I do want to say one thing. Hmm. A quick shout out, by the way, to uh, uh, Majuba from our Discord, uh, who had sent me a message that back in April... Stating, uh, I hope you have an appropriately Cthulian description for when (laughs) Hollis gets her way and uses stone to flesh on the pyramid and a symbol of sanity and sanity shows up. Uh, He then follows that with a smiley face so that you know that he's supportive. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Thanks. We weren't already traumatized enough. Yikes. Just big yikes. Boo.